This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Indeed, the word of God is living and effective, sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating even between soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and able to discern reflections and thoughts of the heart. Yes, the word of God is living and effective today in my life and in yours. And that's the very reason why I'm offering this weekly podcast where I reflect upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. So now, please join me on Faith Moments with Dina Marie as we break open the Word of God together, inviting His Word to change our lives forever. Greetings and welcome to Faith Moments, a weekly podcast to proclaim and to ponder our Sunday Mass readings. Well, we are entering into the 16th week in Ordinary Time. It is the 17th of July. Beautiful time for those of us in North America. The summer season is here and it's the time of Ordinary Time. I like to think of this as a time for us to continue to grow deeper in our faith while some of you may be off on vacations or maybe family reunions or time for families to go on camping trips or the kids to experience a a camp experience. Don't ever leave without bringing Jesus with you. And the easiest way to do that, I think the most beautiful way is to bring the word of God with you wherever you go. And isn't it amazing that in this time and age, we can have a phone and you can access the whole Bible. You can access the catechism. You can access so many beautiful writings of the church right there at your fingertips. And so today we'll reflect a little bit. We'll look at the Old Testament and the New Testament, of course, and the gospel reading. I want to open with this prayer. If you look at the background, it's a little bit different than my normal background. I am on retreat this week and helping to live live stream a week-long summer institute that is held in Beaverton, Oregon every year at this time. And so it's the Summer Institute of Catholic education. It's a beautiful week here. We've been learning a lot, particularly about Mary. Mary is the focus of our theme this year. And so I wanted to just open as I'm in a new setting here with the retreatants in a beautiful, peaceful place that is dedicated to Our Lady of Sorrows. The Franciscan missionary sisters of Our Lady of Sorrows operate this retreat center here. And in the spirit of St. Francis and St. Clair, great hospitality, great joy, and a beautiful love of Mary and the Eucharist. So I'll bring that with us today as we reflect on the scriptures. But this is a prayer found in one of the sisters' uh, daily prayer books, and it's a prayer for a holy church. And isn't that an important prayer for us to pray today and at all times? Let us pray a prayer for a holy church in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy spirit. Amen. O God, I beg you on behalf of the whole church, grant it love and the light of your spirit. O Jesus shepherd and ruler of all the faithful look favorably on your servant, Francis, whom you have set at the head of your church as her shepherd. Grant that by word and example, like you, he may be of service to those over whom he presides 
so that together with the flock entrusted to his care, he may come to everlasting life. Lord, give us holy priests. You yourself maintain them in holiness. O divine and great high priest, may the power of your mercy accompany them everywhere and protect them from the devil's traps and snares, which are continually being set for the souls of priests. May the power of your mercy, O Lord, shatter and bring to naught all that might tarnish the sanctity of priests, for you can do all things. I ask you, Jesus, for a special blessing and for light for the priests. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Francis and St. Clair, pray for us. And what a great prayer I was just thinking about today as I record this. It's the feast day of St. Henry. And I was pondering, just praying for and inviting you to pray for those people in our age who have wealth, who have position and power over others, whether they are an employer, whether they are somebody in government uh, or in our institutions that have influence over others, that their hearts would be opened, would be converted to really bring about justice, peace, joy, uh, over those that they are entrusted to care for. And many times because of the world, the fallen world that we live in, there is oppression, there is violence, there is the taking advantage of or objectifying of, of one another. And it is something that we must pray for an end to, that we treat all human life with such dignity and such respect and those that are in those positions of power in the world today, that they would use that role as St. Henry did to care for the poor and to care for those most in need, the frail, the young, the orphans, the widows. And so St. Henry, pray for us and take care of those who are entrusted to care for souls that they would take care of their souls with compassion and with love. And with that, we will get into our readings and uh, just beautiful readings today. But I do want to read, I, I like to encourage you to read that entrance antiphon in the collect. Last week, I really reflected on the collect. It was so powerful. And the entrance antiphon for this Sunday of the 16th Sunday in Ordinary Time, it's inspired by the Psalm, Psalm 54 and 53. And the entrance antiphon says this, See, I have God for my help. The Lord sustains my soul. I will sacrifice to you with willing heart and praise your name, O God, for it is good. Is that not beautiful? The, the confidence, the surrender, the trust, the rootedness that this voice has, and this is the voice of the church. When we hear the entrance antiphon, when we hear the prayers that our priest prays during the Holy Liturgy, these are the prayers of the church. And so the church is saying, I have God for my help. Praise the Lord. I have God for my help. The Lord who sustains me, it's not the world, it's not a paycheck, it's not a title, it's not a certain kind of house or a certain lifestyle. The Lord sustains my soul. I will sacrifice to you with a willing heart. 
and praise your name, O Lord, for it is good. You know, just looking at this entrance antiphon for this Sunday, it reminds me so much of our Blessed Mother who praised the Lord, whose heart was conformed to the Lord, and everything that happened in her life was a praise, was a gift of thanksgiving, was a recognition of the gift of God in her life. And the church says that I will sacrifice with a willing heart. And so we're invited to sacrifice with a willing heart, not with a heart that asks questions and says, well, only if this happens, will I do this? Or Lord, only if you answer this prayer, will I do this? No, with a willing heart, we just give everything to the Lord. Can we do that? It's not an easy thing to do. Our lady did it. She was, she was, immaculately conceived. She was given that special grace to always be open to the Lord with a willing heart and that we praise the name of the Lord. Now, tragedies happen, difficulties happen, conflict happens, but in those things or, and in those things, we praise the name of the Lord for it is good. So let's keep that in mind as we listen to our readings. When the church gives us these prayers, it's an invitation. It's almost like this added ingredient to the special recipe. And you put a few things in here and then you stir it and mix it. And then you blend a few more things in here, but you need the ingredients coming at different times as the whole meal comes together. You know, we're going to eat the word of God. We're going to consume and chew on these words of God. It's going to become part of us and who we are is in the word of God. So the prayers of the church, like these beautiful antiphons, help us to, to anticipate the word, to listen more carefully to the word, maybe even foreshadowing what the word is going to reveal to us in a particular sense. We've got a willing heart. We've got praising the Lord. He is good, that God is our help. And hear how that will come out in these readings this week. Our first reading today comes from the book of Genesis, chapter 18. The Lord appeared to Abraham by the terebinth of Mamre as he sat in the entrance of his tent while the day was growing hot, looking up. Abraham saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he ran from the entrance of the tent to greet them. And bowing to the ground, he said, Sir, if I may ask you this favor, please do not go on past your servant. Let some water be brought so that you may bathe your feet and then rest yourselves under the tree. Now that you have come this close to your servant, let me bring you a little food that you may refresh yourselves, and afterward you may go on your way. The men replied, Very well, do as you have said. Abraham hastened into the tent and told Sarah, Quick, three measures of fine flour, knead it and make rolls. He ran to the herd, picked out a tender choice steer, and gave it to a servant who quickly prepared it. Then Abraham got some curds and milk, as well as the steer that had been prepared, and set these before three men, and waited on them under the tree while they ate. Then Abraham, they asked Abraham, 
where is your wife, Sarah? He replied, there in the tent. One of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, your wife will have a son. The word of the Lord. Our Psalm is Psalm 15. He who does justice will live in the presence of the Lord. He who, he who does justice will live in the presence of the Lord, one who walks blamelessly and does justice, who thinks the truth in his heart and slanders not with his tongue. He who does justice will live in the presence of the Lord, who harms not his fellow man, nor takes up a reproach against his neighbor, by whom the reprobate is despised, while he honors those who fear the Lord. He who does justice will live in the presence of the Lord, who lends not his money at usury and accepts no bribe against the innocent. One who does these things shall never be disturbed. He who does justice will live in the presence of the Lord. Our second reading comes from a letter from St. Paul to the Colossians. Brothers and sisters, now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ on behalf of his body, which is the church, of which I am a minister in accordance with God's stewardship given to me to bring to completion for you the word of God, the, hidden, the mystery hidden from ages and from generations past, but now it has been manifested to his holy ones, to whom God chose to make known the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. It is Christ in you, the hope for glory. It is he whom we proclaim, admonishing everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. The word of the Lord. Today's gospel is the gospel, Luke chapter 10. Jesus entered a village where a woman whose name was Martha welcomed him. She had a sister named Mary who sat beside the Lord at his feet, listening to him speak. Martha, burdened with much suffer with much serving, came to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me by myself to do the serving? Tell her to help me. The Lord said to her in reply, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and worried about many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, and it will not be taken from her. The Gospel of the Lord Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So many rich visual visualizations. You can do some beautiful Lexio Divina in these stories. And I want to go back to the book of Genesis right now. And again, thinking about that entrance antiphon, I have, I have God for my help. I will sacrifice to you with a willing heart. For God is good. I will praise your name, O Lord, for you are good. And so we go 
to Genesis, and I'm going to open up my Bible to Genesis because chapter 18, we get into the story of uh, Abraham and he has this encounter of three men. Now, some people have said in some commentaries that this could represent the Holy Trinity, or I've read another commentary where this is God with two uh, maybe angel messengers with him. But whatever it might be, we have three messengers or three men that are coming to Abraham. The The chapter before this story in chapter um, 17 you know, God is, is, is making a covenant with Abraham and promising him that he will be the father of many nations. And in chapter 16, because Abraham is older in age, he and his wife have been barren. And so they've been very um, upset that they have not been able to bear children. And so when the Lord promises this, this sense of him, he's going to have these children, but I'm sure he's thinking in his mind, but we're barren. We've never had a child. Um, how can this be a little bit like Zachariah or um, Elizabeth, right? But what happens is Abraham's um, maidservant, Hagar, between Abraham and Hagar, they have a child named Ishmael, and they call him Ishmael. And you hear about the birth of Ishmael in chapter 16, who is the first son of Abraham, but not of Abraham and his wife, Sarah. And so I think about sometimes when we are praying and, and maybe we're praying about our vocation or, or, or where we are going to go, or what we're going to do. And it just doesn't seem like this path is working right. So I'm just going to take matters into my own hands. And here we have Abraham going outside of his wife because she's barren to conceive with Hagar, a maidservant, and, and here comes Ishmael. And so there's a little bit of a backstory of that. Did they not trust God enough? I, you know, there's something about are we willing to be patient to see how is the Lord going to work through this? It just seems like I can't even imagine how, how, how there will be a fruit to this. And many times we may have that question because then we come to Abraham's visitors and here are these three visitors and it's hot. And Abraham is at the edge of the tent where there might be a little cool breeze. He might be getting just a little bit of a breeze and, and they come up to him and he serves them. And he cares for these strangers that are coming to him. Now, did he know that they were heavenly creatures? Did they know? Um, but it says at the beginning of the scripture, the Lord appeared to Abraham by the terebinth of Mamre as he sat in the entrance of his tent. So here's Abraham and he has this encounter of God. And by the end of the encounter, when Abraham has served and has done all really this overwhelming hospitality, then there is a proclamation that you and your wife, Sarah, will have this son and it will be within the year. Beautiful promise and a reminder that God does have a plan. We may not see how it can work right now. And Abraham and Sarah might have wondered, well, we're barren, we're old. How can this be? We're talking about the Old Testament. How can this be? And yet the Lord, when he has a plan, it will work the way the Lord wills it to work. And he's asking for our patience. And so what an interesting encounter 
that would have been between Abraham and the the three strangers. Now, what we didn't hear in the scripture is then Sarah is listening to this in the background. And she, again, is kind of laughing is like, I'm not going to be able to have a child, but she will have Isaac in the following year. So it reminds me, maybe when I just don't see the answer, I've, I've got a prayer, I've got a concern, I've got, Lord, how is this going to be solved? And we have to go outside of our own ability to, to, to reason this or that. We can't see everything. We can't see all of the different possibilities. And to trust in the Lord, in his ability to work in our lives with our cooperation. If we don't cooperate, we're not allowing him to work the way he wants to work in our hearts. And so when we say in this entrance antiphon, I have God for my help, do we? Yes, God is always here to help us, but are we willing to receive his help? Are we willing to accept his help? Are we willing to not judge that help? Oh, that doesn't seem like it really fits with this situation. Well, the Lord knows best. I always think of, um, the wisdom that we have when we grow up a little bit more and we see the wisdom of our parents and go, you know, I think our mom and dad really did know a lot and they did have our best interest in mind. Isn't that what parents really want to have the best interest? They do the best with what they can, with the education, with the formation that they have with that little child raising them. But at the, at the root of all of that truly is the best interest of that child and how much more so does God have our best interest in mind? He wants us all to himself. He wants us in heaven with him for, for eternity. And so every moment of our lives, every breath that we take is heading towards that direction. However, with original sin and that tendency or that concupiscence to sin, we may go astray. We may go another direction, not towards him. And so there are, there are ways in which this call, the shepherd is calling us back home. Repentance, you know, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. So we're called to be that repentant son or daughter. I want to just look a little bit in the, the gospel. I, I, I think a lot of times we may joke in a way of you might see somebody in your family, somebody in a ministry, or maybe somebody at work that is kind of that busy beaver that's always doing things or is always just really active, that that energizer bunny or a Martha that just is always in the kitchen, is always serving, is always cleaning, is always making sure everything's taken care of. And then you might know that other Mary personality, you know, maybe more relaxed, maybe more um, prayerful or just really taking in the moment and the spirit that I feel in this gospel, it's not reprimanding Martha for doing what she is doing, which is important hospitality, caring for the guest, preparing meal. I mean, this was a very important part of the life in that time, but what was the spirit? What was the, the way in which Martha was doing that work? Because she could have been doing the exact same work, but was she doing it with joy? I mean, can you imagine 
the Messiah is going to come to your house and you're going to have a breakfast. Whoa. And, and, and I can, I can see myself. I mean, I, I love to prepare meals. My husband and I love to prepare meals together and put ingredients together. And, you know, but we're usually in one room all together, chopping up onions or putting together spices and uh, maybe having a little uh, glass of wine or having a cup of coffee and, and visiting with our guests. Uh, how much more would we want to visit with the Lord? And, and the food might be this, um, extra thing back here, but it's, it's like focusing in on what's most important at the moment. And Mary knew at that moment that the most important thing is here is the Lord. He's in my presence. The Lord said to her in reply, Martha, Martha, and he's calling out this spirit that she's attaching herself to. You are anxious and worried about many things. You are anxious and worried about many things. And then Jesus says this, this is, this is a great line. I don't have my pen here, but I would underline it. There is need of only one thing. Wow. Mary has chosen the better part. Not that you're not supposed to be hospitable. When we are in the presence of God, it's receiving that, receiving that gift, receiving the joy, receiving the love, peace be with you, receiving the peace. Mary has chosen the better part and it will not be taken from her. She's chosen to be with the Lord. Just to be, just to be in the presence. We have at this retreat I'm at, each day, a Eucharistic Holy Hour at three o'clock, the hour of divine mercy. And we begin, of course, with adoration of the Blessed Sacrament and then a prayer, which is the prayer of the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. Beautiful prayer together that we pray as community. But then there's time to be in silence. And sometimes we're tempted, you know, and it's beautiful to pray the rosary and to pray other prayers, whether it's aloud or within our own minds and hearts. But as I was talking to one of the religious sisters today, she said, the people need the quiet. They need to be with the Lord and to see him. And he's going to see them face to face in the Holy Eucharist. And this could be the only time that these people with busy schedules, raising families, having different kinds of jobs and ministries or whatever it might be. But how many times do we get the opportunity to be in the presence of the Lord and the blessed sacrament that we use that time for silence? And I see this, this gospel reminding me about that beauty of adoration of the blessed sacrament and this renewal in the church that we should be drawn into a time of adoration of the blessed sacrament and that I don't need to read a book or write down things or have a particular prayer, but just to be in his presence. There is need of only one thing, Jesus says, to be with me, to be with your Lord. And so we certainly can get caught. I know I can get caught with that feeling of, of, of busyness, 
but we need to do a check when we're in that busy mode. What's the spirit that I am carrying? Is it a busyness with joy and peace? Because I have encountered times where if you get interrupted from that busyness, you may not be charitable. You may lose your temper. You may um, miss out on an opportunity to encounter with another son or daughter of God. They may need you at that moment. And so those interruptions in our busyness are part of the Lord saying, hey, I need you to help these other children of mine to bring a little more peace into their lives so they will come and see me. And so let's choose the better part. Yes, we get things done like Martha wanted to get done, but we want to get those things done because they serve the Lord because they're in service of others, not because I want to be congratulated because of the good work that I did, but that I'm giving out of love. I'm giving of love, self-love. I want to just love others. Didn't we hear that with the Good Samaritan story last week? You know, um, that man walking on the road could have been interrupted by a busy day. And here he came across a man almost dead, being beat up, but he stopped and he did, he did the deed of mercy. He stopped, took time, took his resources, picked up this man that he didn't know, put him on his animal and took him to an inn and paid for somebody else to make sure he was fed and cared for, dressed his wounds with oil and wine. The Lord wants to dress our wounds with oil and wine his body, his blood, his soul, and divinity. Lord Jesus, we ask for your mercy. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for joining me today on Faith Moments. I hope you have a blessed week, a beautiful summer season. Continue to pray and continue to rest in the arms of our Lord Jesus Christ. God be with you. You have been listening to Faith Moments with Dina Marie, reflections upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. New podcast episodes are released weekly through the generous support of Mater Dei Radio. To learn more about Faith Moments with Dina Marie, visit me online at dinamarie.org. That's dinamarie.org. May you have a blessed week. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through MaterDayRadio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.